I'm Jess. I'm Allison. And together we run a marketing agency called Sponge. A few years ago, we ditched the corporate treadmill to build the company we've always wanted to work for, and we've never looked back. So welcome to the Beyond Marketing Podcast. We talk about marketing, growing a business, confronting burnout, and unapologetically enjoying our families. In today's episode, we discuss coming back from our hiatus, how things have been going, and what projects have us excited for 2021. All right, so we're back. We're back. Hello, 2021. (laughs) Yeah. When was our last one? Do you even remember? I don't. Is that that's bad? I don't. I want to say September, but I, I don't. I don't recall. I know somebody had texted me in January and said they left a review for us, and that was the last time I actually like went on to look at our reviews, and I was like, this is bad. (laughs) Well, we took an unintended hiatus, but you know, we'll just. Blame that all on COVID and move on right along. (laughs) So what have you been up to? Well, we finally got our kids back in school, which was great. Drew's been working at home, although he, now that we're both vaccinated, so I'm fully vaccinated, he's gotten one shot, but he's been going back into the office um, quite a bit since he does classified stuff. So now I feel like I'm kind of back into my normal schedule during the day, which is great Um, because I feel like I have the house to myself because I'm on the phone 24 seven. So it's nice to not have us like battling for airspace. Um, Did that take a year? When did he officially start going back into the office? um, Yeah, probably around like, probably around like October, November, somewhere around then. I know he definitely was going back into the office before the holidays because that was a point of conversation before we like as we were talking to family whether they were going to come for the holidays and so that was a little dicey um but yeah how about you guys yeah i would say uh, matt started going back in august but it was like every two weeks uh, because he is, you know, consultant outside of the classified space. They were making oh, them okay. cycle. Um, but he's also vaccinated. And I, yay, today get my vac- first <laughs> vaccination. So, yay. I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of like school, that has been an intense conversation and decision making process for 2021. Um, but Isn't so- it insane to you that we're still having this conversation about? like the fall of 2021 though? Cause that to yes. me is insane. It is. It is. If you would have asked me like this time last year, if it was a question, if our kids would be back, I would tell you there's no way Yeah, that it wouldn't <laughs> be. Um, the fact that like our County doesn't even have plans yet for the fall is like shocking. Yeah. And no, so I, yeah, we took the proactive approach and just said our youngest needs to go to private we know our oldest can sit in front of a computer yeah responsibly but yeah it's crazy for all parents i can't i just can't imagine (laughs) we confirmed both of our kids for private school in the fall and then if by a miracle they're like actually back in person then we'll put evelyn back in first grade at at the public school but right now like they just went back in person hybrid like two days a week and I'm like okay well that that doesn't really do anything for us but even if they go back five days a week like I don't know if you've seen some of these pictures like they're behind these like plastic things at their desks they're not allowed to play on the playground they like eat lunch by themselves like 
it's still not like what I would consider like humane contact. Yeah. And they're also still learning on the iPad because there's still a bunch of kids at home as well, which Mm -hmm. I get, but like, it's not great. And so I just don't think that it's going to work for us until they're like fully, fully back. Yeah. So Claire and Max went back hybrid to public in the past like three weeks. And Claire's Mm -hmm. biggest strife is... I can't take my mask off on at recess and I can't play with my friends. Recess sucks. Aww, <laughs> She's like, I'd rather they just make lunch longer. Um, but yeah, they are sitting at a desk and on their computers. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. I feel like we're fighting enough as it is on the weekends for like to limit screen time. I don't need to be doing that Monday through Friday also, but yeah, agreed. Anywho, um, I hope they get back soon because, you know, we can, we can send our kids to private, but I just keep thinking about, you know, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, we really need to be back full time. Agreed. Agreed. Um, how about work-wise? What's exciting you? It's been like a full six months since we've spoken about work projects. I know. Um, this year, I feel like the theme is preference centers and it is really fun to do, uh, discovery sessions to have organizations really consider their communication practices and um, letting them know that it's okay to empower their audience with their own, you know, management of communications and that marketing to people that want to receive your uh, messaging is a lot more powerful than just trying to spread a net really wide and communicate with everybody all at once. (laughs) Yes. Um, I feel like people are making investments in like core ops things, which is kind of fun for us since we think that stuff matters, but like preference centers, like getting updating thank you pages to get people to book meetings through Calendly and like Chili Piper integrations or, um, We've got like a Tableau project right now where we're pulling data out of Salesforce and, and yes. doing some cool reporting stuff. Like, I feel like people are spending money. So they're spending they money, better visibility and more conversions. And, uh, yeah. And they want to invest in their own savviness, right? Like they, yeah, want, they right. want to be up level their, um, their marketing practices. And I, and like, as you said, those are the things I love to do. I like teaching. I like doing cutting edge marketing campaigns is huge. Yeah. And then we've got some cool like demand gen campaigns that we're also working on, which has been fun. I haven't been so involved in those, but Shelby, you and Carly, I think you have also been involved in some demand gen stuff. It is, I would say, so crazy to in the same day have your operations hat on where you're you're in in the data, in the numbers, and then put on your creativity hat and write copy and and just, you know, decide how you're going to message everything, but, um, it's fun. It keeps the wheels turning for sure. Yeah, definitely. So what do we feel like is going to be the, like, how do we feel like marketers are feeling right now? Are they feeling excited? I think for like, from our end, like we've totally bounced back. We're like super busy and we're Mm -hmm. like getting back to people reaching out to us again, which is awesome. It's like such a relief, but do we, do you think that's the same? It must be if we're feeling yeah, I feel the trickle like down effects of it. A lot of the marketing teams I've worked with are more jazzed, more motivated, excited than they were like this time last year or over the summer. Um, just because there was the unknown last year, I think this year they, they feel like they can have an impact. Um, and yeah, little, and people are hiring. Changes. Yeah, people are hiring. Little changes they're making, they're seeing results. And so that's just positive in and of itself. 
But I, yeah, I think it's moving in the right direction. Um, I see people investing more in their technology. Um, and that's exciting. And like, like you said, with like demand base and uh, tech crunch and just enrichment services are huge right now. Just really oh, yes. on, on like targeting their audience. Um, yeah, we've got like a lot, a lot of enrichment stuff, uh, which kind of makes sense, right? Because we've just come out of a period of like we had to get a bit creative because no one was opening emails. No one was like right. answering the calls. So now it makes sense that people are going to want to make sure that the data that they do have is like 100% correct because those conversion rates are going down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that has been super fun. That has been fun. Actually, like on the enrichment side, one of the projects I just did for one of our clients is, is an enrichment strategy. Like how do we know what fields to enrich and then from there, aggregate that data into like a winning property field for that you know, subset mm. of data. And the whole like pilot program is to get enough data to say, okay, this immediately disqualifies somebody and this immediately qualifies somebody. Um, and so in this, in the plan, I said for the next, you know, 30 days, let's enrich. And at the end of 30 days, look at the data, what's consistent, what's not. And then from there, cut back the fields we're having enriched until we have some surviving mm-hmm. winning fields. And so we do that over the course of a month. And then at the end of like a quarter, we come up with like, what are the top four fields that we're going to continuously use? So That's cool. cool. Yeah. Cause sometimes that can just be like more mess um, or just like more complexity. So I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And having the discipline of like, okay, it's 30 days. Let's look at the data. Right. And, and right and see what we glean is is huge because it's very easy just to be like set it and forget it with enrichment services totally yes yes cool well that sounds exciting and then we've also got a couple of clients doing more with direct mail which i think has been interesting because events are not quite back yet right like are you seeing them yeah i've got one client that they have a couple maybe two or three reps in texas and they just did their first like in-person event oh okay um like last they have week. results from it yet yeah it, i think it was actually really good i mean it was a very small event it was just like kind of at a brewery they had invited some high value prospects there and just you know did some schmoozing and, and trying to build relationships um but it definitely well, was worthwhile are, i think people are eager to be back at events, not just from a sales, but from like an attendee perspective, just to like people are ready to get back out there. Dude, hell, I am like, <laughs> I literally built an Asana board for my husband and I of like all of the things we're going to do around like with the Virginia area. And he sent me a note <laughs> last night being like, no, we can't do this. Like I have Asana and Slack and Google Drive and like all of this stuff. We've got some stuff in Google Keep as well. He's like, pick a tool and do it. And I was like, I was just in Asana and I was going to build out these things. But there are like 15 different things that like we already want to go do now that we can't feel like we can go out into the world again. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's happening from a personal and professional perspective. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I feel the same way. Like if, if I heard that there was like going to be a Marketo group or a Mops group, like going to get dinner or something, like I definitely would be more willing to consider it now that, you know, things are, and the weather is warming up. So I think a lot of things are outside too. Um, yeah, so I, a good bridge. I think that trend will continue for sure. I also see success with reoccurring webinars. Um, if you would have mm. asked me like in June last year, should we do you know more focus on webinars? I was like, 
you know, a lot of people are doing them, so it's, they're not going to have impact, but now I'm seeing results across several different clients. Yeah. I think people are calming down with the webinars too. For a while, there was no way to get else to get in touch with people. So it was like, let's do webinars like every right. week, every day. Um, and there was just, just too much noise and nobody had time to be doing webinars. Now I feel like people have kids in school, like they have a, like a little bit of breath. Um, right. So yeah. That makes sense to me. Makes sense. We also have a couple of people doing some direct mail campaigns, which I think is interesting. So I've always been a advocate for direct mail. I think it always has a use case, um, especially in the public sector, because it's so hard to mm. um, reach them through social and through email. Yeah. 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 We've got one client who has like a pretty robust direct mail campaign and they ba- like basically every month they pick who their high value prospects are based on like engagement and other channels, but they haven't been able to reach them. And it's just like another touch point to basically like nudge them into having conversation. Mm-hmm. Um and so we built out this like Zencraft integration with FedEx into their Salesforce instance. And then that drives all of their SDR queues. It's actually pretty slick. Um, and that, is that the one where once the mail drops or when it is delivered that you can trigger off of that inside of Salesforce? Yeah, yeah. So they've got, um, so Zencraft is a package that they in, that we installed for them in their instance. And basically the like, well, right now they have an intern doing it. And so they'll create a bulk shipment for like the 25 people that they're going to send a little package to. They'll print the, they do this within Salesforce. They print the labels, they send them out. Then we have some automation on the back end that basically takes those 25 people, updates their campaign member status to sent. And then through the Zencraft integration, they get the, um, delivered they get the the yeah they get the information from fedex saying it's been delivered we change the campaign member status to delivered we up the priority in the sdr queues to say okay this package has been delivered like call like red flag red alert yeah (laughs) um and then they start calling and emailing um and then we've just built um I mean, this has all happened with, like within the last week or two. And then we've just built um, a campaign influence report so that we can start to see of people that were engaged in other marketing campaigns, did direct mail like generate a boost or not? Oh, um, cool. So that we can measure like people that responded to an email campaign, but then we can have like a control of people that didn't receive the direct mail and then people that did oh, that's receive awesome. direct mail. So then we can start to see, ah, yes, it does, you know, have an increase of 30% of whether we'll actually connect or, or maybe not. Um, Cause yeah, as you know, like direct mail is kind of pricey. Um, so we're trying to figure out, does it matter? Does it matter for certain types of people? Does it matter for certain types of responders? Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. You have to have a very targeted audience for direct mail because it's expensive. Um, a previous company that I worked for did a win back campaign where they targeted mm. people that they actually lost business to, um, and they knew who they lost the business to so they could send in their direct mail package. You know, this is why this company shouldn't work. And it was very personalized to the experience. And it was similar in the campaign where it hit um, mailboxes and SDR was on it right away. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Cool. So what are you digging this week? 
Let's get back to our normal. (laughs) Digging this week. um, I'm digging that it's Easter break um, and that we just have a break with the kids without enforcing school on them. Um, In terms of digging all together, I've been reading a book called um, Project Management for the Unofficial Project Manager. And every every time I read one chapter, I immediately makes me want to like reorganize everything I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And um, I, I will share it with you as soon as I'm done, but I'm, I'm digging it. It's got a lot of usable advice um, for how to book. So nice. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, that sounds super digging? interesting. I am digging a Taylor Swift podcast. It's oh. called Ringer Dish. They're okay. going album by album and talking about like, what was cool about it? What was not cool about it? Also, um, so it's hosted by two people. Um, and it's pretty interesting because one of the hosts is like a like super fan. And then the other host is, um, so Nora Princiati, she's a writer for um, Ringer. Uh, for the ringer and she i think normally does like football football articles she covers the nfl and then the other host is this guy nathan hubbard who was pretty high up in twitter and also is the ceo of Ticketmaster. um so he has a very like music industry like insider brain to it um and it's just like super interesting because i'm a huge taylor swift fan but they talk a lot about more like the business side of it and like how she was very like how she and her family like really just put in the work um to like get her noticed and get her album sold and and get them played on the radio and then the whole like country to pop transition i just think it's so interesting that sounds interesting i have to listen to this (laughs) yeah yeah so um yeah but so anyway they go album by album and so right now I'm on the reputation album which is probably my least favorite album but it is really interesting to hear um like some of the backstory and like Nathan Hubbard was like in some of these meetings where she was like basically pitching that no she wasn't going to do any more country songs on the album because they wanted her to just like slip in a couple to like get it played on country uh stations anyway it's very interesting if you have any interest in music or I do I'm excited I love Taylor (laughs) Swift I'm definitely a super fan (laughs) Uh, me too. I was so bummed that they canceled the lover tour. I was telling my friend we had four tickets and my best friend, I was planning to bring Evelyn and um, my best friend, Laura, and then uh, one of her friends as well. Um, we were like, we were holding on because it was rescheduled from last summer and we were like, this is going to be the best end to the pandemic. It's just right. gonna be like we can go out in a field and talk about love songs or dance to love songs. And it was just that was like crushed a little bit. But eventually we'll be able to go to concerts. Again. One day, one day. I can't wait. <laughs> I heard they did a pilot. I don't know if it was in Spain, um, but overseas, an outdoor concert. And they had, um, you know, checked everybody's temperature everyone oh yeah yeah and I hope that goes well so we can do it here (laughs) my cousins in New Zealand said that they went to a concert a few weeks ago because like New Zealand is doing everything right and also they're an island nation they can just keep everybody else out Um, right but yeah eventually I can't wait I love going to concerts and me too it's been a bummer but we'll get there Hmm. Alrighty. Well, we're back. 
we'll keep yep. this short and sweet, but we just wanted to, we'll get into our normal cadence. We have some topics that we're going to talk about, just me and you. And then what? we also have been booking some more guests. So we're yes. excited. Yes. Talk to our favorite marketers and talk about what they're thinking about for 2021 and what's high on their mind. And also just about life, how we're all kind of making it work. Yep. So stay tuned. <laughs>